So yeah, that was a lovely time in worship. Um, uh, Taisha, I see you behind Hervé there this morning. Okay, so um, I felt um, something for you guys actually um, in the worship, um, Hervé and Taisi. I I, um, I felt the Lord say, um, and, and it's interesting. I don't know much about your background, but I felt the Lord say that there was a time, Hervé in particular, when you were going to be famous. I don't know what it means. But it's like you, you had in your heart this dream that you were going to be a famous something. I don't know. Maybe. Is that right? Is it? A famous what? Help us. I, I don't know. Politician. Okay. There we go. And, um, and I feel like what the Holy Spirit is saying is this. Is that he's the one who put the dream in your heart to be famous to be known, to be renowned. Um, it, it, it's almost like, you know, young men sometimes grow up and they want to be famous footballers, or, right? And, and, and the Holy Spirit says, I put that in your heart. And it's because as a couple, as a family, I'm going to make you famous in the kingdom. I'm going to bring many, many people into my kingdom through you. And you are going to be famous in the ranks of heaven. So uh, take that, be encouraged, um, uh, and let's see what the Holy Spirit does. Um, but yeah, it was super clear. There we go. Um, so um, I'm going to be preaching, and, and I'm going to apologize because this is the first time that I'm going to be preaching with glasses. Okay? I don't know what happened over the break. But I've come home, and I'm going to go for an eye test, but I can see very little, all right? So that's why I've got these things around my neck. It's not for fashion, um, uh, unfortunately. So I'm going to try, okay? I don't know how it's going to work, but I can't read my notes if I don't have them on. Okay, so you can just call me professor, okay? Um, um, I uh, came back from uh, my break, and I felt the Lord speak to me very clearly, um, about what he wants us to learn in this next season. And, and, and f you know how it works with us and seasons. You know, this is probably going to be the next three weeks, right? Remember, we had a season on faith. Um, and, and this is going to be a season on discipleship. On discipleship. Um, and I feel like what God wants to teach us is that once we come to Christ, okay, and there's many of us in the last week or so, that have put up our hand and we've said, Jesus, I want to be yours. I want to give you my life. And we've prayed that prayer and, and, and we've received the gift of salvation. That means we've been forgiven for our sins. But once we come to him, it's the beginning of a journey. It's the beginning of a walk. Okay, I've been walking recently because my back's been sore and I needed to do some exercise and I couldn't surf anymore. And so I started walking. And it's interesting, you know, I've got a, a relatively new pair of shoes on now because my other ones wore out with my walking. Okay, I walked over 450 kilometers since April, right? And, and, and the bottoms came off my other shoes, right? So, so I've learned that to start a walk 
is often to go quite far. Uh, who was it that I met? Oh, it was uh, Wayne and Nikita. They were on their way out and they said, did we see you walking somewhere between the refinery and Canal Walk? I'm like, yes, that was me. They were like, what are you doing? Are you like on some kind of a pilgrimage? <laughs> because I was, I was walking through the township there. And, and uh, I didn't realize where I would walk to, to get to Canal Walk anyway. So, so it was quite interesting. You know, I had my backpack and my, my, little, my ear pods in and I was worshiping God. You know, and suddenly I look around and I'm like, Ooh, where am I? Okay. And it's like that on the Christian journey. We are called to a pilgrimage. It's interesting that they use that word, and that's the word that I've got in my notes. Yeah, this is difficult to preach like this. Uh, because when I look down here, it's all blurry now. And then, yeah, it's hectic. Anyway, so I'll, I'll get over it. It's a pilgrimage. It's not um, a decision, a one-off thing, you know, get a ticket to heaven and then kind of sit back and relax. No, it's, it's you've, you've volunteered for a journey, for a walk. And what's the good news about this walk is there are companions or um, friends to walk with. The most important one being the Holy Spirit. You see, when God calls us, when He saves us, and He calls us to, to go on this walk with Him, this journey with Him, and, and the journey is to heaven, but we'll, we'll talk about the destination in a second. And then He says, I'm giving you somebody who's going to be in you and with you, who's going to guide you and lead you and encourage you and comfort you as you go along the walk. You know, you need to be concerned when somebody gives you a comforter for the journey. Because that means that the journey might not be so comfortable. Okay? But the Holy Spirit is given to us. The second companion that we're given are leaders. And, you know, in times past... A leader was a good thing. The president of a country was, was a good thing. Somebody in charge, somebody to show us the way. Maybe a captain in the army or a general who said, charge, and everyone charged. It was a good thing. But in this culture, leaders have been torn down and, and, and questioned, and their, their character and their motives are, are constantly under attack. And so when we say you've been given leaders, people go, ooh, but God wants us to say, yes, we want our leaders. We want to learn from our leaders. We want to be guided by our leaders. We want to engage one-on-one -on -one with our leaders. We want to talk to them and bring our questions and concerns to them. Jesus was the leader of the little group of disciples that were following him. And very often the disciples would come to him and say, Lord, you said this, what do you mean? Or, Lord, one day when you come into your glory, can we sit at your right and your left? And, you know, Jesus would help them and answer them. He was their leader. And, and, and God gives us leaders today to walk with us. Who are they? Elders, deacons, home group leaders, initially. And maybe even a friend who invited you and said, hey, come to Jonathan Conrad. They've led you into the church. They've led you to Jesus. Follow your leaders, the Holy Spirit and leaders. The third are brothers and sisters to walk alongside. Look around. No, really, look around. Like, these guys. These are your walking companions. This is your bunch, your tribe, your family, your walking companions. 
And there are going to be, it's a difficult path that we've been asked to walk on. There are going to be many obstacles and choices, forks in the road. Should I go this way or should I go that way? There are going to be dangers, perils, cliffs. And there are going to be enemies waiting on the path who will try to take you out. Who would love to tempt you off the path. Who would, who would love to, to scare you away from the, the right path. Who would love to distract you and pull you along a um, distracting path. Uh, Detour. Who said that? Thank you, Jenny. Detour. And what God wants to do as I teach you over the next couple of weeks is to learn where to start the, the walk. Because there's a starting point. I remember I went with, uh, I dropped um, Nathania and, and, and Ari to go and surf at Big Bay uh, the, uh, before we went away. And um, I thought, I'm going to drop them, and then I'm going to go and sit down and, and, and have a, you know, I don't know, a coffee or something somewhere and wait for them to surf or watch them on the beach. And, and then I saw these big flags that said, start here. And it was the park run at Big Bay. And there were people waving their flags and ask me, and, you know, they had these signs on, ask me, uh, start here, you know, and, and go in this direction, you know, and I kind of, It was so clear, I knew where to start. I didn't know where they were going. And so I went and I, somebody had things he asked me. So I said, I'm asking. And they were like, is this your first time? I said, yes. They said, okay, go and sign up at the table there. I said, for what? And I ended up running, how long is it? Five kilometers. Five kilometers on the beach, which is like way more difficult than on the road. Anyway, let's leave the park run just for now. I want to teach you not only where to start, but how to walk well, wisely. I want to give you some, some insight, some tips, some forewarning. Like, don't start off running too quickly. You should have seen me at the park run. I mean, I saw all these old men and ladies, you know, in there. I realize I'm the same age. <clears throat> you know, and they looked, you know, a little bit more frail than me, you know, and so you know, at the beginning, boy, you know, we had to go around the, the big bay kind of little grass area before we went down onto the beach, you know, and I was going past everyone. I'm like, yeah, yeah, until I got to the beach <laughs> and then they were all going past me. And I was like, <gasps> Because I took off too fast. And there are some tips that I want to warn you about. I want you to learn also that it's going to cost you something to go on this walk. And, and it's going to cost you a lot. And so as you listen for the next three weeks, I want you to decide, especially those of you who put up your hand and said, I want to follow Jesus. I want you to really decide, is this something you want to do? Because if, you, if it's not something you want to do, it's better to stop sooner rather than later. Now you're like, oh, Lucas, are you suggesting 
that people should not follow Jesus? I'm just saying it's not for everyone. Because there's a real cost. And in the Bible, Jesus talks about a man who decided to build a tower. And he said the man got halfway and then he realized he didn't have enough money left to build the tower. And then he was the laughingstock of everybody because he couldn't finish the tower. And so he had half a tower. He had spent all his money and he had nothing to show for it. He uses another example to say that if a king decides he's going to go to war against another king, he better first look and see how many soldiers he has and whether he has the strength to defeat that other king before he decides to mouth off about it. Otherwise, they're all going to be defeated and he's going to end up not a king but a slave or dead. And there's, there's something about following Jesus where actually you need to know this thing's going to cost me everything. Am I willing to pay it? The next thing that I want to do, and, and all of this is intro, right? We, we, we're going to get to the, to the meat of it in, in, in about an hour. Is I want to, to show you so that you can learn what are the destinations of the options that you're going to face on the walk? Because there's going to, as I said to you, there's going to be lots of forks in the road. Okay? Where do they lead? And so what I'd like us to do is to have a look at the map. So that you can see that when you get halfway up the hill and there's one that curves off and looks down into the nice green valley, you need to understand there's a volcano at the end. And it's going to look very good from the fork, and it's going to look very bad at the end. Does that make sense? I'm using illustrations. Nearly getting to the end of what we're going to try and achieve. The next one is to equip you with an attitude or a resolve or a posture to run and not give up. It's like, uh, by the time we finish, I want you to be kind of in, in um, like a brace position. Michael, you're a boxer, right? Yes, you are. Come, come here, please. So, Michael, when you get here, I'm going to hit you hard, okay? All right? Okay. Okay, don't lead with the chin, all right? You're gonna, I'm going to hit you like this, okay? Okay. Uh, but I, I don't want you to let me hit you because that, that's just going to be embarrassing. Okay. Uh, oh, okay, and painful, all right? And then you might hit me and I don't want that. Okay, so, so, so get ready. Are you ready? Okay, go. No, no, no. <laughs> I didn't say you can step back. Oh, okay, okay. okay. So, so are you ready? Yeah. Okay, stop me, eh? Okay, yeah. go. Okay, okay. So can you see? He, he, he's like this. He didn't go like Okay. For those of you who can't see, he didn't go... Right? He was, you know, I could see his hands were like, yeah, but they were getting ready, like, yeah, yeah. And, and, and as I went, you know, he's like, yeah, hands up, brace. Thank you. You did awesome. Thank you. I wouldn't really have hit him. I'm too scared. <clears throat> I'm too scared. Um, I want you to, to, to resolve. 
Do you, do you, do you know what people look like at, at the beginning of a marathon? Have you seen them? You know, some of them are like, you know, yeah, like, okay, yeah. Others are, you know, like jumping, yeah. Like they, 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 they psyched. Many of us, I saw you today when, I, when you walked in, you know, it's like, how's it? I'm at the beginning of the race, yeah. I want us to have the right resolve, posture, readiness to run and not grow weary, to, to, to walk and not faint, to endure, to reach the end. Safe, if maybe a little bit lighter. And I want to equip you to bring as many people with you on the walk as possible. To be famous in the kingdom. Because the thing about being famous in the kingdom, it's about who have you brought with. It's not like the Olympics where you go through, you know, here I am, I finished, you know, and Jesus is like, where's everyone else? This is not a solo sport. Does that make sense, guys? Okay, so that's our, our goals. What am I going to sell to you? What's the key point? It's wonderful. It really is that many have come to Jesus for the first time or, or um, recommitted their lives to Jesus over the last week. It's, it's wonderful that we're all here together as a family. And that we can meet regularly on a Sunday and Wednesday and we can have coffees and meals and, and fun times together. We can watch the rugby together. We can be Josh Jen together. It's wonderful. But there's a destination that we have to reach. There's a goal that Jesus has given us. There's a journey that we have to get on with together. And, and, and this is going to to remind you of those things. It's going to get you walking maybe for the first time. Those of you who, who've just come to Jesus, you're like, this is perfect for you. You've come at just the right time because you're going to see this is where you start and you're going you're to know what to do and you're going to start walking. Maybe for some of us that have started before, we are sitting on the side of the path, watching others going by. And maybe God will come by His Holy Spirit and, and, and pick you up and say, hey, come, let's walk again. Come, let's go together again. Or maybe you're like a sheep that wandered and got stuck in the thorns. And I think God is going to come and he's going to break some branches. And he's going to pull you out. And he's going to get you walking again. Why will this benefit you? Well, for those of you who have just given your life to Jesus, welcome to the journey. We didn't tell you before, but now you know. And now you can never unknow it. 
For those who are ahead on the path, well done. And this will be an encouragement to press on, to keep going. For those who have begun and have stopped for whatever reason, it's time to strengthen your heart, your resolve, uh, to be reminded of the beauty of the destination, and then to get up and walk again. As Isaiah says it, let's listen to what he says. Isaiah chapter 35. Um, uh, I don't think I gave you that verse. Um, I'll just read it. Whether it comes up or not um, doesn't matter. Even the wilderness and the desert will be glad in those days. The wasteland will rejoice and blossom with spring crocuses. Those are beautiful flowers. Yes, there will be an abundance of flowers and singing and joy. The deserts will become as green as the mountains of Lebanon, as lovely as Mount Carmel or the plain of Sharon. There the Lord will display His glory, the splendor of our God. With this news, strengthen those who have tired hands and encourage those who have weak knees. Say to those with fearful hearts, be strong and don't fear, for your God is coming to destroy your enemies. He's coming to save you. And Isaiah is looking ahead and he sees when Jesus comes again, it's going to be like the desert lands are going to break into flowers. There's going to be streams in the desert. It's going to be full of life and joy. The river of God is coming. It's going to be wonderful. And, and because that's coming, he says, strengthen the feeble knees and the weak hands. And, 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 and bring resolve into your hearts. And remember the beauty of the destination that we call to. And, and we'll talk a lot about the destination in a second. For all of us, it's going to be helpful to look again at the path that is ahead of us. A narrow and difficult one. Leading uphill to glory, but not before it first leads down through the swamps of despondency and the valley of the shadow of death. That is where these, this path leads. And most importantly... My goal is to point you and all our fellow travelers to the great loving guide, guardian, and protector of our souls so that we will hold onto his hand tightly and listen to his loving instructions very well as we make our way along the path. And of course, his name is Jesus. Okay, so it's now 12.39. I'm going to finish at 10.2, right? Is that okay? Not going to take long today. I wish we could, and that'll be the end of the intro, right? Then we're going to have a break. No, I'm, I'm, I'm joking. <laughs> Let's look at, and, and, and the only thing I'm going to do really, I mean, there might be some stories and stuff like that, but is we're going to look at Scripture, I think I've given, uh, this is, was supposed to be for part one, actually part one will probably be next week, um, but, but I've given Bronwyn about 200 scriptures, right, just for this part, okay, so yeah, she, you can see she got a little friend to help her there, it's amazing, um, and we're going to start in Mark chapter one, and, and, and the first thing we need to know about this journey 
And, and, and really, the journey is an illustration or, or an allegory for something called discipleship. Disciples are followers of someone. And Jesus calls us to both be disciples, in other words, to follow him and learn from him and imitate him and become like him, and to go and make disciples of others. Okay? So we, that's the starting point, is a call from Jesus. He says, come and be my disciple, and at the same time, make disciples of others. It's like a twofold uh, calling. Let's look at Mark chapter 1. Let's read it together. And, 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 and the title of that in my Bible, which isn't part of the Bible, but it's been put in there, is Jesus calls the first disciples. And it says, verse 16, passing alongside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, the brother of Simon, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, follow me and I will make you become fishers of men. Can you see the two there? Follow me and I will make you something. I will make you to be fishers of men, to go fishing for others. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going on a little further, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, who were in their boat mending the nets. And immediately he called them. And they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired servants and followed him. Now this isn't the first time that Andrew and Simon, now Simon is Andrew's brother, you, you know Simon, because his name gets changed a little bit later, to Peter. Do you remember Peter, the disciple? The one who preached when Jesus um, uh, was ascended to heaven and 5,000 were saved or 3,000 were saved? That Peter, okay? So this is not the first time that Peter's met Jesus. He's met him. He's thought about him. He's, he, he's had interaction with him. I'll show you in the next scripture when the first time was, okay? But now... He, he, he's, he knows who this Jesus is, and, and he and his, his, but nothing's changed yet, right? He's met Jesus. Andrew told him, I've come, I've found the Messiah. You'll see it in a second. And, and so he comes and he sees Jesus, but, but now they've, they've kind of, and they've been thinking about him. Wow, could he be? Is he the one? You know, and then Jesus is walking along, and there they are, still working in the boat, and Jesus calls them and says, come, follow me. And immediately, they drop their nets and they follow him. All right? Are you with me so far? Andrew and Simon. And then later, Zebedee, uh, James and John. And so, Jesus calls us to follow him, to become fishers of men, to call others to him. And let's see that in John chapter 1, verse 40. Now, this is the first time that Peter meets Jesus. Let's see what it says. It says, and one of the two who first heard John, that's John the Baptist, speak. Um, let me start again at the beginning of the sentence. My, my uh, alliteration was terrible. One of the two who first heard John speak and followed Jesus was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first 
found his own brother Simon and said to him, we have found the Messiah, which means Christ. He brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, you are Simon, the son of John. You shall be called Cephas, which means Peter. Okay. So that's the first time Peter meets Jesus. And then later Jesus calls him and he follows him as a disciple. Okay. But the, the point I wanted to show you from, the from this scripture, from the first time, is Peter didn't come to Jesus on his own. He didn't know about him. Peter, the great apostle, the one, you know, you are Peter and on this rock I will build my church, right? On this, not on Peter, on, on the revelation God had given to Peter, right? I'm going into a lot of detail. But that important Peter, the one who wrote 1 Peter and 2 Peter, that's been my, my quiet time reading, 1 Peter and 2 Peter, over the last couple of weeks. That great apostle Peter had no idea who Jesus was. He needed Andrew, his brother, who had heard John the Baptist say, this is the Messiah, to go to him and say, hey, Peter, we found him. There's lots of Peters that you know who don't know Jesus. All right. And the call is to hear the call, the good news about Jesus, and then to find your brothers and sisters and family and friends and co-workers and introduce them to Jesus. Bring them to Jesus. Amen? Matthew 18. That's the starting point. It's come to Jesus and decide to follow him and decide to bring everyone with you. The next scripture is Matthew chapter 28. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. It's interesting. He starts off with that. In in 1 Peter, I think it's the end of chapter 4, maybe, it says that Jesus has now been seated at the highest place and all the angels and heavenly beings recognize and submit to his authority. Jesus isn't any longer the gentle carpenter's son walking with sandals and, you know, robes and, and long hair. He's still got long hair. It's just white. And his eyes are like fire. Now he is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He is the master of the universe. Did anyone ever used to get He-Man toys? He-Man, yeah. And Grayskull, yeah. I used to watch those things and play with them. Joe, you did too. You can see we're the same age, eh? But Jesus is the real master of the universe. And he starts off, this is now at the end of his time when, when the disciples have been with him for three years. And Jesus first says, I want to give you the basis upon which I'm about to call you to do something. The reason, the foundation. And he says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And on that basis, in other words, I am the authority now. I am the king. 
My kingdom has begun. My rule has, become, uh, has begun. And in 1 Peter, it says this life that we've now been born into, it's not a life that's going to end quickly. It's a forever life because we've been born again of the Word of God and the Word of God remains and endures forever. And Jesus says from now on forever, I am the authority. And on the basis of that, my kingdom and my rule is coming. I'm going to give you something to do and that is to go and make disciples. And if you ever are confused about the vision, about the destination, about the call, about the mission, about the, here's the ask me thing, and the answer is, your purpose is to make disciples and to be a disciple yourself. Does that make sense? He says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, including the Netherlands and the Isle of Man and America and Fiji and India and Wherever the Lord puts you, including Bloberg and Tableview and Malkbosch and Parklands, and go therefore. And, 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 and my question is, when was the last time we really went? I mean, I know you come to church and people come to your home and come, but like, are we going? And this is like a, like a trumpet sound. It's the last thing. Don't worry, I'm going to end. I did promise. It's a trumpet call. It's the, it's, guys, this is the, the call. This is the purpose of the journey. This is the, is go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them like we're going to do now. Isn't that exciting? In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them, that's what I'm doing, to observe all that I've commanded you and behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. Jesus said, I'm going to be with you if you go. Amen?